Well, hello everybody and welcome to another special edition of Art House Rewind. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I'm Nicole. That's right, everybody. You just heard our development director's voice, Nicole Schreiner. It's rare that she's on the mic, so she must have some hot things to say to just spit in those beats. Right, Nicole? Yes. <laughs> Thank Matt you for is ensuring that Nicole never comes back. <laughs> no, I'm trying my best. All right. Hey. No, I'm trying my best to get her to come back. We're making it a big deal. That's what's happening. All right. Uh, so to get this thing started, as we always say, the, we are here to talk about all things film, art, and culture in Billings, Montana, particularly as it pertains to the Art House Cinema and Pub and the Babcock Theater. How are we doing, everybody? Everybody good? Great. All good. Good. We had a good weekend of good films. We're going to talk specifically about two of those films that we opened. But before we do that, Brian, what three things does everybody in the world need to know about that's coming up here? Well, a huge one this weekend that everyone needs to know about is this is our annual Charlie Brown weekend at the Babcock. So uh, we have three days, five uh, performances by... Uh, Parker Brown and Eric Olson and Zach Paris as they perform some live jazz over the classic Charlie Brown Christmas films. So you will definitely want to come and check that one out. It is always a great time. And uh, those guys are amazing. Like one of our favorite things of the year. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So it continues to grow and grow and grow. And there's still tickets available, right, Brian? Yeah. Every night still has a few available. I mean, a few, like maybe like, 70 or so. Okay, so So plenty available that if you're listening to this, you should have time to do that. Maybe by walk-up time, not so much. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure one or two performances might sell out before... before the weekend. Sure. So get those tickets. It's one of those things. If you miss it, you don't know what you're missing because yeah. it's just so magical and great. What's the yeah. other two things, Brian? Uh, the other things are I've got two new films coming to Art House. I have The Boy and the Heron. That is the new Hayao Miyazaki film uh, who did films like Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle and My Neighbor Totoro. Beloved Japanese anime uh, filmmaker. And this is supposedly his last film. Now, he said that like the last two films as well, but I am actually willing to believe, given his age and kind of the big deal that uh, Studio Ghibli gave around this, that this might very well be his last film, and it's a very personal story, so it is one that you will want to check out. We will have both uh, subbed and dubbed versions of that playing at Art House, so come check it out on the big screen as it should be seen. Uh, It should be great. Yeah, and it's getting pretty good reviews too, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to check that out. And then lastly, uh, also opening at Art House, we have Eileen. Uh, This has Anne Hathaway and Thomasin McKenzie, who was the young girl from Joe a rabbit. Uh, it is labeled as like a Hitchcockian thriller with these uh, two women in the lead, and I'm really excited to see that one. I don't know much more than that. I'm really excited to just kind of go in with only knowing that much. So Sweet. Well, I'm excited to check both of those out. Thanks for doing what you do, yeah. Brian. All right. So here we go. We're going to jump into it. Today, we're going to talk about the two films we opened this past Friday, uh, and they were... Uh, this past Friday, we opened Priscilla yep. by Sofia Coppola and Dream Scenario. Yep. So we're going to, uh, Nicole is here to talk specifically. Uh, well, you saw both of them, didn't you, Nicole? I did. Film 
expert, Nicole Schreiner, mm-hmm. is here to tell us everything about film that we didn't know before we started this conversation. Uh, yeah. Let's let's start out with Dream Scenario, because I okay. saw that one. I did yeah. not see Priscilla. So let's jump into that. Brian, uh, give us the quick kind of snippet about who made this film, what do we need to know about it going into the, the conversation. Um, Off the top of the dome, I'm not sure if I can remember his name. He's a Norwegian filmmaker. Um, He did a film a couple years ago called Sick of Myself. I have not checked that one out yet. Uh, But he's sort of a rising uh, writer-director. Christopher Bergoli or something like that. And uh, yeah, this is something that he felt passionate about. And it's this story of uh, Nicolas Cage as this seemingly ordinary man that miraculously is being seen in random people's dreams all across the globe, and it just becomes this big uh, phenomenon, and he becomes an instant celebrity because of that. Yeah, so I'll start. I loved this film, and I remember I got out of this movie, and I thought, this is the kind of movie that I love. This is, for me, like in some ways, peak art house from the standpoint of I don't necessarily know what I'm watching. I don't know where it's headed. I don't know why it's headed where it's headed. You just don't know what to expect. But all along the way, all of these little surprises and twists and turns the story takes, I just it went deeper and deeper and deeper for me, and I really, really loved it. I also love just old man Nick Cage. Like yeah. He's not sexy man Nick Cage anymore, action star Nick Cage, You know all of those things. He's just old man Nick Cage as the last couple of years, and I'm just really enjoying this part of his career. So I really, really enjoyed it. That being said, I did get some texts and calls this weekend from people that knew that I liked it. Like, what the heck did you just recommend for yeah. me to watch? So we'll talk more specifics about what I loved about it, but that's kind of my overarching kind of big picture thoughts. Nicole, what did you think about? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I think, like you're saying, it just was full of surprises, and it kept coming. And the twists and turns were really unexpected. I think um, one of my favorite things about this film is it does leave you at the end wanting to talk more about it because you kind of just were left just thinking and processing. And I felt like I was processing that film two days still after I watched it, Mm -hmm. which then got my husband excited to watch it. So now he can't wait to get in here and watch it. Um, because he he wants to know like what what is she thinking so hard about you know what's going on there so that was really fun yep Brian yeah I caught it yesterday and I really enjoyed it um, I, I I was left a little like I don't know maybe my expectations were a little too high maybe from your recommendation or something that I really wanted <laughs> it to cross into that other level and it met my expectations but didn't fully exceed okay. my expectations I guess you could say but I, I was thoroughly um, enjoying it and is that through. is that because where the story goes because here's here's what I like my my kind of thoughts are like I really enjoyed here's a concept and an idea mm-hmm. and they keep just drilling down with that concept and idea so this and and for me it wasn't just like the concept of dreams itself but the idea of fame or social yeah. media culture like yeah. to be seen and known and celebrated like all these things that are kind of core to us as human beings and so here's a guy who's experiencing that and the way it starts out is yeah. like kind of quirky. Then he becomes really famous. And because of his fame, like all of his dreams actually start to become realities. The book deal becomes a reality, those kinds of things. So that was really fascinating to me of like this belief that if I was just famous enough, if enough people yeah. knew me and wanted what I had, then I could get there. And then it transitions even further, like continues to drill down into now like that fantasy, like obviously the awkward scenario with the the girl that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. today, like 
but all of a sudden he's engaging in something that's you know outside of the bounds of what's okay but because yeah. he's famous again this story is just drilling down into this idea and then it transitions into mm-hmm. horror like all of a sudden i don't want this anymore it's yeah. not going well and it just keeps going yeah. and going and going all the way to the end where now it's it's commodified and it's commercialized yeah. and like it was just yeah. really really fascinating I, yeah. all of those it definitely was kind of feeding into that you know TikTok fame sort of mm-hmm. mentality of people wanting to stand out on this platform and then reaching it and then something out of your control suddenly now everyone's turning on you and you didn't even do anything <laughs> sort of thing. I didn't help but feel really bad for his character yeah. the whole time. Uh, you know, just having these passions and deep desires to get his work out there and then to have all these things going on around him out of his control. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of a, a sad character yeah. just all the way around. You know, yep. you kind of wanted him to just like man up, but then, and then he does in, in these dreams in a way that you <laughs> become very uncomfortable with, you know? So that was really yeah. interesting. I was actually, and it might've been a bit from his appearance in the film with the bald head and all sure. that. Um, I was reminded a lot of Ken Bone from the 2016 election cycle, the red sweater oh, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. that asked, that was undecided on Trump versus Clinton mm-hmm. back then. And suddenly, like all he did was ask a question at a debate, and then he became this celebrity of yep. sorts for like a year. People are <laughs> like, buying that, that sweater kind of and was like up, what yeah. it was of like, he was really a nobody, and then suddenly everyone knew his name. Everyone he was on Saturday Night Live being made fun of. All this stuff like yep. it was this weird little phenomenon, and I, would, I that kept playing in my head of like this weird celebrity culture we've um, grown of just normal people. <laughs> yeah, normal people. Just just because I know you or I've seen you before, all of a sudden you're famous. And should should those people be famous? Should yeah. those people have influence? And then I, and then again like the being able to turn on you because maybe you were rude to a waiter one time and then all of a sudden that is unleashed on the public and it turns into this evil now you're evil even yep. though it was not really... <laughs> and no matter what you say yeah. or do... Yeah, trying to fix... Like, yep. the apology video he tries doing, which is... You know, I mean, we've seen so many YouTube stars have yep. that same moment of, you tried to be sincere, try to apologize, and then everyone's like, that wasn't sincere enough. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, I think it's... For me, it's that idea of, you know, the thing they're drilling down on is potentially the thing that we all want, like the, and I know not everybody wants to be famous, but to like, you know, be seen or yeah. celebrated, like, and you're just going about your day and have your dreams, you know, become open to you, whatever. Like maybe the thing that we think we want is not the thing we actually should want because yeah. that to play that out, like this mm-hmm. movie just plays it fully out. You get to the end and you're like, that, I, I feel sorry yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Sound like you were saying, Nicole. Yeah. So, any just, just want to disappear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's trying that, but yet he's still at the end of the movie, still engaged. Yeah, it was it was yeah. weird. I'm gonna, I want to watch it again because yeah, I think there's probably things. Stuff. Yeah, and you uh, get to watch it with your husband, maybe. I think so. That'll be a good night. All right, let's move cool. on to Priscilla. Now I haven't seen this one yet, so I know that I'm in for a spoiler conversation, and that's fine. But. Let's start with you, Brian. Brian, what did you think about Priscilla? Actually, give us the, the quick rundown on Priscilla. Yeah, so Priscilla is the story of Priscilla Presley, who um, 
met and was married to Elvis Presley at a very young age, uh, and sort of their this biopic about their relationship um, from when they met all the way until their divorce in the early '70s, and. Uh, really told from her point of view. In fact, I felt like there's several times that Elvis kind of exits the picture for good chunks Mm -hmm. and uh, really just focusing in on her. It's from Sofia Coppola, um, who did films like Lost in Translation and uh, Virgin Suicides. And it kind of captures a lot of that as well, of sort of that dream pop sort of uh, aesthetic that she's kind of built her career on. Sure. Yeah, I've been interested in this film because of Sofia Coppola Mm -hmm. more than probably the subject matter. Nicole, you were kind of more of the subject matter than the filmmaker, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So now, Brian, let's go to you. What did you think about the film? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well-crafted and focusing in on this woman who is kind of infatuated with this man. Just I'm almost kind of in that same sense of, you know, dream scenario where he really wants to be famous. She is just so excited that like the biggest pop star in the world wants to, wants me to be his girlfriend and being swept up in this romance and all that. And then just seeing how it develops and then fades over time. And it's, yeah, I I, I don't know how else to describe. It's just a very um, interesting take on, what we know about both of them and how their relationship played out um, in this, you know, the, the dream slowly starting to die. So is it pretty historically accurate or is it more artistically I don't know the history some, that okay. well. I okay. would assume so. It doesn't, the one thing that got a little confusing was, um, you know, it's it's not like a hard, like, biography film where it's like, in this day, this thing happens. It's like, no, from them meeting until their thing like you just kind of go with the flow there's no like 1971 or something like that it's just you know kind of plays out as a you know just almost a love story thing you don't really know exactly where things happen you see her hairdo change a little bit you see you know oh he's in the jumpsuit so this has got to be like later 60s sort of thing but yeah Hmm. nicole your thoughts Yeah, so I really, really enjoyed this film. I brought my daughter, who is also 15, um, the age of Priscilla, when she uh, met Elvis, um, which was really fun for me. You know, I had to do my research. Brian watched it before me and gave me some uh, information. You know, I try hard to introduce my kids to... Um, all sorts of film and art, but we, you know, have to make yeah. choices around that. And it's and an R-rated film, so it's, it is rated you know, R. There's yeah. a little bit of caution there. Yeah, um, but I, I felt really, uh, I, it was really classily done. Yeah. I felt really good about what she ended up seeing on the screen. Um, and so, you know, we fall a little more on the conservative side of things, and I thought that they did a really good job. Um, Emma actually did a little more research about this film beforehand than I. I did and then I expected and shared a little bit of knowledge of how much Priscilla Presley herself was involved in the making of the film and the accuracy hmm. of the things um, that were on the screen. So that was really fun going into it, kind of having that understanding of like, chances are a lot of this was way more accurate, you know, than any of us, any of us knew. Uh, she had, Emma had watched 
the Elvis film that came out earlier this year and um, was comparing the whole time, um, which is really fun. But um, I think the my favorite part about the film was watching the character development in Priscilla uh, and just watching her go from this starstruck girl and even her parents being starstruck and and what they allowed to happen mm-hmm. to this to this young girl, you know, and then watching her Priscilla develop throughout the years, you know, which weren't very many years, but uh, to watch her then kind of things started clicking and she kind of figured out how she was going to fulfill this role and still, you know, be herself and, and not lose herself in his identity. Um, and, and like Brian said, you know, Elvis kind of exits the scene a few times and mm-hmm. it really is told from this point of view of Priscilla who really just didn't know a lot about what was going yeah. on in her husband's life because she really wasn't allowed to. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there's a single Elvis song in the movie. Yeah, there's just little snippets. Yeah. <laughs> you don't ever hear a full song. Uh, it does kind of do the Sofia Coppola thing of there's some music outside of time where songs that were released later than the period they're in are sure. appearing. But Yeah, and it, it's very interesting. She really clearly loved him, and she wanted to love him, you know, regardless and uh, that was really sweet to watch, but then also sad. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting, like hearing you guys talk about it, it's an interesting like thought for a film because this is a story we've seen or heard, like girl falls for famous, like the idea that I'm going to marry this celebrity, like which teenage girl, just to overgeneralize, doesn't have a poster of, you know, some boy on the, mm-hmm. you know, Harry wall. Styles. It's Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Like someday my life would be so great <laughs> if he just knew my name, you know, that kind of thing. And this really is the OG, like origination yeah. of that story. Yes. And so there's something fascinating about it. Yeah. Like, cause, cause I don't, there's no judgment of like, what was she thinking? How she should know better. Like, no, there's nothing in history at this point really mm-hmm. that should say you should know better than this. Like, this this was really that first step. So it's a fascinating story yeah. and idea for a film, for sure. And Sophia Coppola, she knows what she's doing, huh? Especially mm-hmm. paired with the Austin Butler sure. Elvis movie, there yeah. is this sort of other takeaway you can take from that of, not that it excuses his behavior all the time, but there's there's this thing of he obviously didn't have much control over his life. True. Um, being a star and having all these obligations to record companies and things like that. And it then plays out because Priscilla doesn't show up very much in that movie. Correct. Yeah. Um, but in this one, you can almost see that he is felt so under other people's thumbs outside of home that when he comes home, he's more controlling of her because it's like one area where he can be. Yeah. And because she truly loved him, yeah. she allowed so she much allowed of that so to take much. And place. was just so young and naive. Yeah, and but also I appreciate about this character that while she was young and naive and starstruck a little bit, but you know, also in love, she she was not dumb. She was not she yeah. wasn't this ditzy little girl, you know, she just she fell in love mm-hmm. and it it didn't maybe go the way that she hoped all the time. You know, so. Okay, now I, I gotta was, watch it. I was sad that it does not go all the way up to the Naked Gun movies that she starred in. That they, they cut it off before that. So I'm <laughs> sad, but not surprised. It's like the Brian only thing outside of being married to Elvis that I know about her. <laughs> I will say too, 
uh, if you, you know, this time period was, was such a fun one uh, to watch on screen and the outfits, the, the costumes that yeah. she wore. Uh, there's a scene where he takes her shopping. Uh, there was definitely some, you know, looks from daughter to mom mm-hmm. between Emma and I at this scene. But uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous clothing and costumes mm-hmm. is really fun. Her, the, I think it's after um, Lisa Marie is born that she comes out of the hospital and she has like the biggest, the biggest hair. hair. Like yes. it's like a whole nother head on yep. top of her. Head. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and so dressed huge. to the nines all the time, yeah. which was really great. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check it out. So it's only here till Thursday, till Thursday. if you're listening to this yep. when it's released. And then it's gone. So make sure to come check it out. But Dream Scenario is staying for another week. So Correct. you got another yep. another full week to check that out. So other than that, we're having a great time here at Art House Cinema and Pub, also Babcock Theater. Don't forget about Charlie Brown, everybody. You will regret it if you're not there. So other than that, hope you're doing well. Hope to see you at the movies really, really soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.